on DJ Nation. Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generals podcast this week for the Amex. As usual, I'm here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Hey, what's going on? Your boy, Corey Connors, did not get the job done for you. He did not. Or Papa Tambo. He was in the one and done. He was happy he made the cut, though. We'll talk about all that and more when we get into it. We're going to recap things. As always, we'll get through the rest of the show with you guys. Thank you guys for last week. All the great support. We had more comments. I think we had Oh, 10 times the amount of comments from the previous year, a bunch more likes, all that. So if you guys can help support the show, like the video, subscribe, and then leave the comment of your winner for this week in the bottom after you watch and put your DraftKings name, your X name, whatever you want on there. But before we get into this, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by ShipItNation.com. PGA only packages on sale now. This is the last week to get the introductory pricing plus the additional 10% off. Use that code Mayo. Get in there. Kenny, it was a, a wild sweat for me. I'm not sure how your Sunday went, but we can go right back and rewind to Thursday, probably. Joel Damon letting the whole world in with the missed four-footer and just how the tables can turn. But what did you think of the event? I know last week you weren't in love with it. You said it was missing a little something. Anything different for you this week? I mean, the, the cut sweat was huge because I had like 27 guys at minus two. So, you know, like the, that, that cut sweat basically made or break, break, broke my weekend. Uh, and so... While I was, um, you know, going in, I, I thought, you know, I was in it. I was in it, even though, you know, the coverage ended and you had to freaking do it on Shot Tracker on your phone, which sucks. But uh, I thought the tournament, it actually felt like a PGA tournament this time. I think it was, I think last week was just because maybe it was because it's supposed to be an elevated event, right? The century. It's supposed to be an elevated event and it didn't feel like it had the star power. This full con, full field event, you're going to have scrubs, you're going to have some stars. Seemed like a normal event. I, I had no problems. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I watched it basically the whole weekend. It was some good golf uh, being played. Lots of guys tight. I think after Friday, every golfer was within, within seven strokes of the leader. Uh, so really, really bunched up. I mean, at one point on the back nine, five guys were tied for the lead. Um, I thought it was a pretty exciting tournament. Uh, good for Grayson Murray. Uh, you know, everyone knows his story. Uh, you know, sort of a pedo. Sort of an alcoholic, you know, and trying to hit on 17, 16 year old girls. Hopefully he's done with that because his girlfriend looked pretty hot. Uh, the, uh, he said, what's up? I think he uh, said Beyonce, Beyonce now. He's, he's excited to tell us about that. Yeah. She was pretty smoking. So I don't think he needs to deal with 16, 17 year olds no more. I think he's all right. Uh, and, and, and I guess he, he quit drinking too. So eight months ago when Roy was talking shit about him saying, you know, when they were in the players meeting and, you know, Rory said something in effect of Bryce uh, Grayson, you got to play better to be able to talk this shit you're talking. Um, you know, he, he 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 basically quit drinking right around that time. Um, he, he realized he had a problem. Uh, eight months later, he wins. I think this is the second win. Didn't he win like five, six years ago? No, he won, he won as a rookie on tour, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think this is his second win. Uh, now he's you know back on tour with his full card, two to three years. He'll have it. Um, it's it's the uh, it's it's the uh, age of rehabilitation. I mean, you got Chris Kirk, former alcoholic, went to AA, cleaned himself up one century. You got Grayson, alcoholic, uh, you know, cleaned himself up, won the Sony. I just read an article today. Harrison Endicott quit drinking recently. Could could he make it three for three? Could he make it? Could Harrison Endicott make it three for three uh, on the no drinking crew? Uh, for the beginning of the year, he's four hundred to one, guys. Line bet, four hundred to one, five hundred to one. Just put the bet in. Just put the bet in, people. Um, you know what? I was in such a such a rush to get started because I was late. I I got home from work. That's why I'm wearing. You know, I'm looking like a Jedi up here with the hoodie. I didn't do my hair. So, Tambo, you talk about the event while I fix my lighting. Yeah, go ahead. I think there is some uh, some big irony. I was gonna. I'll tell my story first, then I'll, I'll save the irony for the end. Obviously, Grayson getting the job done. Good for him. Crazy playoff, crazy ending. But I'll tell the story quickly. I told Kenny pre-show I had one. Had a big sweat this weekend. Uh, King of the Desert, round one. For those that don't know, it was a tournament on DraftKings. You had to qualify for it. It's 150 entries got in. Some had 10 max, like Uticao, and those guys had 10 entries into it that they could have into it. So, again, it, it, grateful just to be there. It was awesome to be in the tournament, have the sweat. The way it worked. 
50 people move on. So 50th, the same as first place this past week. What had happened was, had a great lineup in there. It was solid. I was one of only like 12 lineups that were on par to be 6 of 6 until the cut line went to 2 under again and Damon missed the two the 4 footer or whatever. Everyone that had, like, there was going to be 5 of 6s galore, but there was a ton of 4 of 6s that had 2 minus 2 guys. And so all of a sudden the field went from 8% or 9%, whatever it was, maybe even 10%. It was like just under 15 entries that would have been 6 of 6 to almost 60% 6 of 6. So it became a massive sweat over the weekend. Fast forward down. So a short four-foot miss for Joel Damon. And I posted on Twitter today to her ex, as we like to call it now, where you post it out. I said, it just comes full circle. I'm sitting in 54th place going into the playoff. When I realize, and you got to be in the top 50 to move on, the only way I can move in is if somehow Grayson Murray wins this thing. If you remember the tee shots, it was very bad for Grayson Murray. Far damn free. Yeah. So there was that, and we'll talk about the Keegan thing in a second, too, because it's literally the second worst golf, worst rule in golf after the divot in the fairway. But here nor there, I tell my wife about this sweat. She's even into it with me and excited. Grayson knocks home this putt, completely insane putt, to just get it, and she thinks we already get in. I said, no, 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 sit back down. I said, that's just one thing. Benny Ann's still going to make this putt, probably. It's like three or four feet. Like, we got to chill. That just guarantees the next playoff hole. She's like, oh, shit. Like, what? She's like, I thought that meant we got into the next round. I was like, no, no, no. Chill. And then I said, you know what? Benny Ann's going to miss this putt. It's going to be the turn of events of Joel Damon missing his four-footer. It's going to come full circle. It's going to pop me in, pop others out, because they lose all their position placement points. Couple, One guy had Benny and Keegan that you lose 10 for both of them. Others had the one-offs, and it dropped me. It went from 54th to 48th. Obviously, Benny misses the putt. It sucked. I know good people out there had Benny and bets. Would have loved to see him get his first win too, but I couldn't in this scenario. And then also, I had the Keegan 60-1 to ticket. So I was like, oh, I'm torn, but this is worth much more in not just this week, but also what can happen moving forward. Can win up to 500K in the finals at the Waste Management, which I'll be there. So it's already going to be an awesome event. But there was just lots going on. Um, that that was just one of the craziest things ever that I, I've ever sweated out. And just to see it just fall out fall back in. The Discord was talking to me too, saying like, oh, whatever. I, I said, Kenny, in DFS golf, you're Tiger Woods until the until you're out of it, right? You're just one-dimensional. You got to get this dub. And then you can turn in a Ricky Fowler in a heartbeat and just be there for the high five. If I'm out of it, I'll cheer anybody on. I'll cheer whatever. Once I'm dead, I'm dead. But until I'm out of it, I'm Tiger Woods head down. Let's get this W. And it ended up working out. So wild sweat. The irony I was going to tell you about quickly Grayson Murray, part of that meeting you mentioned was Rory telling him to play better. On the same day, overseas, oh, yeah. Rory plays worse, misses like a, what, what did he three putt from five feet two himself? Feet. Two three, feet? No, two feet. Yeah, he like two putt from two feet. back and tap in, yeah. And so then hit the had, water on 18 to lose. Well, well, he loses on this day. Grayson Murray goes up and bangs one home from downtown and gets the W. So I, I don't know, just a wild turn of events. Good for Grayson. Crazy finish the Keegan thing though I, I still hate that rule that rule is just the worst pops it off like the roof of this place and just the auto free lie I don't yeah like that a tournament Kevin can end Murray, yeah. I know I mean there a lot of crazy shit I mean you remember uh who was it was it Kevin you uh hit his ball into the hospitality town on 18 Carl nobody nobody saw it Carl crazy Carl, crazy was, Carl. It Carl was it Carl Yon okay. Carl Yon yeah, or Ron Yon so him, he yeah. has it yeah those Chinese people they all look alike so you know <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, yeah. So he hits the ball into a freaking hospitality tent. Maybe, like, no one knows for sure. Nobody found the ball. No one saw the ball, and they gave him a free drop yeah. from the hospitality tent. Like that was crazy to me. Like, how do you get a free drop when you don't even know where your ball is? I was tilting that too because that drop because that, that changed a lot of shit. Yeah, because he position was the points. Yeah. yeah, because what fucked me was I had Nick Taylor, right? So I got so it, you know that shit fucked me a little bit. So Nick Taylor, I had him eighty to one plus to eight places, um, each way last week. That was one of my bets on GuffsCorner.com. I I had a few more bets towards the end of the week, and I put it on Gulf's Corner. and that was on there. And um, so I'm sweating it. He ends up being tied for seventh with three guys. So I get like seventy five percent of my. Plays for money. 
instead of a hundred. Uh, and if Juan, you know, that if Juan gets a double there or bogey, you know, I mean, we move up and we get the full place. I don't know how close it would have been to fifth place because I also re-upped on Nick Taylor after the first day at 200 to one with five spots each way. So at least I had the Nick Taylor uh, thing that, that covered like 75%, like 80% of my total um, bets for the week. So I, I, it wasn't that bad. DraftKings, not great. I did three or four. Lucas Clover missing two, two footers. So I was reading something like about the two footer miss. Um, no, 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 it was Rory. This is the Rory thing. Well, Rory missing from two feet. I think uh, a three putt from two feet has happened three times in the last 20,000 putts from two feet. That was the first shot. So in 20,000, the last 20,000 times, a guy was putting for two feet on his first putt. This is the third time he got a three putt in that history since I think 2005 for Rory. He but, knew uh, that one for sure. Good yeah. good for Tommy Fleetwood, though. Love to see that, yeah. too. That was Seventh nice win on the DP World Tour. I mean, you, you can say what you want about him not winning here. He doesn't. But he has more wins than Ricky Fowler does PGA Tour wins. <laughs> so he has more DP World Tour. They're sort of very similar, those Poor guys. Ricky. Poor Ricky. Poor Ricky just lumped into everything. Uh, Ricky, I, I mean, Ricky has six wins uh, on the PGA Tour. And Fleetwood has seven on the DP World Tour. This is There were some people uh, in that event, too. Um but yeah, okay, so so I you know I was sweating the cash. My guys all made the cash. I ended up you know fucking Eric Cole again. I mean, Eric Cole is amazing to me. Like uh, we talk about, I've been talking about this here recently. But like the thing is, like he has no like type of course that he's good at. He's like good at all of them. It's so rare seeing that from like a non-elite player, right? Usually when you get down into the rankings, you would think even though. He is like the 13th ranked player in the world by data, uh, data golf right now. Uh, oh, but you don't think of him like that. You think, oh, you a top 50 player underneath top 50. Most of those guys, they have like a specific type of course that they're normally really good at. And when they go there, they play well. That's how they keep their card every year. Stuff like that, right? Well, you know, he. if you look at all of Cole's finishes, like um, Birdie Fest at Kapalua, Birdie Fest at Sea Island, you know, uh, top 15s there, top five at Sea Island. Um, you know, grinds at Oakdale in in uh, in um, Canada. Um, PGA National runner up. Two tough ass courses where you got to grind to you know to make par a lot of the times. And then you know, Bombers Paradise courses where you know he's not the longest guy in the field, but Bombers Paradise in Mexico. You know where you just hit the ball as far as you fucking can off the tee. Same in Japan again, like top 15, top five finishes. In those events, like the guy is just good at every type of golf all around. I mean, if one part of his game isn't working, something else picks up. I mean, I'm going to play him in cash basically every week till he misses a cut. I asked him. After all this shit that I talked about, Eric Cole not believing in him last year, I'm going full on board with Mr. Cole and his hot mom. And, I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and use him fucking every week in cash. Every week in cash. He is just just pencil him in as one of my cash game cornerstones until he's like, you know, ten thousand dollars or until he misses a cut. So you can lock that in. Again, uh, I thought the event was fun. I thought it was a good watch. But the cut slit was great. I thought the ending was amazing. Felt like a real, real event. Uh, even if the even if the big there weren't that many big guys, uh, big names out there. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it makes me not worry as much. I'm just worried about the elevated events. Uh, I think, and know, then you get this week though you get the big names back yeah. in the mix, but it's a pre-round no cut until it becomes yeah. a cut after three. So we'll see. Now we get yeah. the real, the best of all worlds to see how you yeah. handle this. Yeah. So I mean, like you know, I'm worried about the elevated events. I really am. Uh, I don't think they have enough much pop because you know the stars just aren't there. At least type of regular field, full field PGA events. You know, you're getting what you normally got uh, on a regular week on the PGA Tour in the past 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, that's what I want, really, for. For that, except, you know, because you're going to get some of the good players and you're going to get everyone else grinding. You're going to get some of these good players like, and this week's, yeah, weird. Like they, there are So many people are playing this event uh, that, are, that are pretty highly ranked. It's just strange because usually this is like one of the worst fields uh, of the year, yeah. you know, and so everyone's assigned to come here and play. That's a good sign for the PGA Tour uh, because you would think like a lot of these big guys are just going to play the elevated events and like the majors that gives them one, like 14 events and then play like a couple of others and that's it. 
you know, uh, maybe these guys are trying to get out there and fill the field a little bit more, better for the viewing, better, better for us fans. Um, I thought this past week was a fun event, and I'm looking forward to this week. Yeah, real quick, I can tidy things up before you go to the course and talk about this week just on Lister League. Uh, it was MLK Day today, so a lot of the, the staff was out. They said they'd get the link out tomorrow for us, so it will be posted out, but it will be bumped to 750 entries. Last week filled very quickly, so thank you guys all for that. The 500 men Lister League was filled up fast, so we're up to 750 this week. And then want to talk quickly, Kenny, about our Tournament of Champions contest winners. I know you're looking sure. up the one. Obviously, nobody had Murray last week. We'll talk about that in a second for the Comet uh, winner, but the winners, first place, True 210, $300 cash, and a Ship It Nation PGA season pass. Reach out to me on X at Totag and Tambo. Second place was Clam Digger Ball, who I think won twice on the season and then ends up coming in second in the Tournament of Champions. That's pretty impressive. That's solid work. Yeah, really good at this stuff. So $200 cash and a monthly pass to Ship It Nation PGA product. Reach out to me, X, at Totag and Tambo. And same for you, Bengals9285, finishing up in third. 100 bucks cash. And the monthly pass. That was the three winners. Thank you guys for that. It was a great season. We've got some more ideas with this one. Like Kenny said, going to open up. Uh, last week he mentioned we're going to open up the field a little bit. And I think you have the winner from this past. I week. have the winner. So you know, last week if you didn't listen, we started a new contest every week. You can go in, put your put the winner in the comment section of the YouTube page of our video, uh, and put your uh, X handle and your DK handle on there. Uh, if you pick the winner, I'll choose one of you uh, to play in our four man to get a chance to play in the Tournament of Champions at the Sony in 2025 to get all those prizes that uh, Tambo listed out, maybe even more uh, next year. So the winner this past week, no one picked Grayson Murray uh, in the in the comic section. So I went ahead and picked, uh, randomly picked the guy who picked Benny on, who came in second. I know it hurt a lot <coughs> with uh, him not winning that event, still being 0 for that four-footer hurt, uh, of course. But we're going with Old Milwaukee 30. That will be his uh, Twitter name, his X name, his DK handle is Timmy Cats. Timmy Cats. So I will be sending Timmy Cats an invitation for the four-man um, along with the winner of our Listener League, who was D.D. Delo- I can't. I can't pronounce it. D.D. Elora. Might just be D. Delora. D. Delora. D. Delora. I think he's, I've seen him up here before. Um so he, he plays a pretty often. So it'll be D. Delora and Timmy Katz against Tambo and I. D. Delora is already in. He's the first winner of our Tournament of Champions. Uh, for the first entrance into our Tournament of Champions for 2025. Sony Open, so congratulations. And our second guy is going to be Timmy Katz in the four-man. Check your uh, uh, notifications on DK. So let's go over D. Delora's uh, lineup for this past week. He had 622 points. He had Russell Henley, who finished in fourth, uh, 50% owned. Uh, I actually bet him live 35 to 1 on, I think, Friday. And uh, yeah, I was a little bitter about that because he was in the lead, sort of choked it off with a 16, with a bogey on 16 to sort of ruin his chances. Um, uh, D. Delora also had Harris English, who finished top 10, 13% owned. Benny on finished second. Of course, 23% owned. Keegan Bradley, uh, 15% owned. Of course, he finished second as well. Adam Svensson, he finished at 20% owned, finished at 30th. And Emiliano Grillo, who had a, you know, a quietly great round, uh, you know, good finish. He finished in seventh place. He was 5% owned. Tambo, what you think of the lineup? A really nice weekend. You've smashed a grill. 63-66 over the weekend, so very solid for him. I think this one was solid. It was won by roster construction. Like, if you look at it, a lot of guys were owned. You had Henley, Eng- like English, and Up was 13% and Up, only Grillo at 5%. But the roster construction was sound because it was 1-9K only with three 8K guys, which wasn't very common last week, even though they had a little bit of ownership spread out between them. You didn't see a lot of them all together like that. That allowed you to get away with a guy like Svensson at a higher ownership at 7,700. No Putnam Chalk or other guys that were, were really up there. And then Grillo just sort of... Gave him the difference down low. So congrats to D. Delora. I do like the lineup. Uh, a lot of other names up top too. True 10, third and fourth. Won the Tournament of Champions with one of these lineups. And then came third and fourth in this Lister League. Some Shibit Nation members. K. Breard and B. Wald, A. Teal, the Julio Nation. Lots of them up there. So again, big week 
over at the nation. If you guys do want to get in, go to shipitnation.com. Use that code Mayo to get 10% off. It's the last week for the introductory pricing. So good week for D. Delora over there. Solid win, 622. We'll see him in now, the foreman, this week. All right, sounds good. So let's go to this week. Uh, the Aloha Swing is over. We're back in on the continent of the United States, and we're in California for the old Bob Hope Classic. Uh, it's also it's called the Amex now. Played on three courses. Uh, they went ahead and they kept the same rotation since 2016. It's going to be uh, the Jack Nicholas Tournament course at PGA West, one round there. La Quinta Country Club, one round there. And the stadium course at PGA West, two rounds there if they make the cut. <laughs> oh, now, I remember when they first started playing the stadium course here, what, two, 1986, 1987, the, the golfers filled out a petition to eliminate the course from rotation because of how difficult it was. Nowadays, you guys, you see people shooting like 65, 64 uh, on that course pretty routinely. Uh, tells you about the skill level and also the equipment uh, that has changed in the last, you know, 30, 40 years. But when this first course first came out, they're like, nah, we ain't playing this shit no more. Fuck this shit. Uh, they're like, fuck Pete Dye. Fuck his positional type target golf. I just want to rip it and grip it. They signed motherfucking petitions. <laughs> and the PGA Tour are like, fine, we won't play this course again until 2016 when they brought it back on for this three-course rotation. A couple of trends before we get into uh, the meat of the course. This is going to be from... Um, this is going to be from at the fantasy grind. Um, so it's from his Twitter feed this morning. Um, 13 of the last 14 winners played in one of the two Hawaii events. Uh, of the past 11 winners, seven played in the Sony Open. Five out of seven made the cut at the Sony Open. And 10 of the last 11 winners. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. 10 of the last 11 winners had played in this event at least one time before their win. All right. So let's get to the course this week. Uh, actually, let me one more thing. This event is top of 65 in ties. The cut's going to be on Saturday, okay? So that makes it a little bit different. I'll ask Tambo what is strategy nuggets for that in a little bit after we go over the rest of the course. Uh, also, uh, the event is a pro-am. So you're looking at like six-hour rounds. So, you know, good for Canley, you know, bad for whoever plays quick nowadays. I don't know who, who's a quick play golfer nowadays. There might be a couple. Still left on tour. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, you're going to see some long-ass rounds. All right, so let's start off with the Jack Nicholas tournament course. Uh, PJ at PJ West, 7,200-yard, par 72, four par threes, four par fives, 10 par fours. All the par fives reachable by most golfers. You're going to have to kill the par fives on all three courses, basically, to be able to be in contention uh, this week. Uh, the coast of the, this course, Jack Nicholas, uh, stop, the Jack Nicholas. Uh, Tournament course has hosted like uh, uh, PGA Tour qualifying tournaments. Uh, 59 has been shot here in tournament play. It's not very difficult. You know, usually one of the top 10 easiest courses on tour. Um, you know, so that's the way it's going to be. You're going to, I think the fairways are going to be average to large and width with many bunkers and water in play off the tee on many holes. Uh, I don't think the rough is going to be too thick because, of course, it's going to be a program. We don't want eight-hour rounds. Uh, my guess is the you know, tour officials are going to try and set up the course uh, to avoid, uh, you know, these these amateurs just taking forever along the course. The greens are going to be undulating, multi-tiered, and on the large side with bunkers and water surrounding most greens. Uh, like the other two courses, the greens are dormant Bermuda grass, or the beans are dormant Bermuda with a stint meter rating of around 11. It's dormant Bermuda. And, and so Poa Trivialis is going to be the main uh, type of grass that's going to be on top. Not like Poa Nua. Poa Nua, not as bumpy, a lot smoother, a lot easier to putt on. Um, not as, you know, Poa sort of tends to rotate with the sun, like wherever the sun's going, you know, the grain's going to change for Poa. Uh, this one, not so much. Uh, so it should be a lot easier time to putt than these upcoming courses that we're going to see uh, in California. Uh, just the thing, if you go to uh, Rod Klaus, uh, PJ splits 101 on his site. He goes over the top golfers uh, putting on Polo Trivialis uh, throughout their history. Uh, I'll give you the uh, top five, top 10. Let's go top 10 right now uh, in their career. Taylor Montgomery, number one. Sam Burns, number two. 
Matt Kuchar, number three. Chad Ramey, number four. Nico Echeverria, number five. Justin Sub, number six. Chesson Hadley, number seven. JT Poston, number eight. Patrick Cantley, number nine. Vincent Whaley, number 10. And again, this is all on Ron Klaus's out on Betsbridge.com. Go check that out. Now let's go to bottom 10, just to make it fair. The worst 10 golfers in this field, putting on Polo Trivialis, David Lipsky, Joseph Bramlett, Lee Hodges, Jason Duffner, Tyler Duncan, which sucks because I really like him this week. Still going to use him. Cameron Champ, Ryan Brem, Martin Laird, Doug Gim, the worst putter on Poetry Realis in this field in 28 total rounds, Jason Day. So there you go. So make sure you check out Ron's site. It's pretty cool. Good stuff over there. So let's let's, let's move on to La Quinta. La Quinta Country Club is a 7,000-yard par 72, four par threes, four par fives, 10 par fours. All three courses are going to be like that. Par fives reachable into, uh, it's been, you know, Top five easiest course on tour every year, basically, that it's been played. Uh, fairways, tree-lined, average at best and width, bunkers, water, local vegetation for wayward drives. Grains, average inside, size, trouble surrounding them. Easy course. Both of those courses, birdie fest. You know, I am played birdie fest. That's what you need. Now, the stadium course, a little bit more difficult. When... When Pete Dye, when as it was Pete Dye was told to build the state the course in 1985, he was told to make it the hardest course in the history of golf. I guess maybe at that time, it might have been. I don't know because, like I said earlier uh, in the show, these these old PGA Tour pros signed a petition to get this course off the tour because they said it was too hard. Now, it's not that difficult. Top half easiest course on tour. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it was actually it was a tenth easiest course in 2016, 20th easiest in 2017, uh, 15th. It's been 15th. It rarely ever goes outside the top 20 in easiest courses on tour. Um, now let's. I just went over the Bobo, went over the uh, petition stuff. Let's move on. The par 72 Pete Dye course will be around 7200 yards. Four par threes, four par fives, ten par fours. Par fives all much longer and more difficult than the other two courses. The par fives here have been some of the most difficult to reach on tour in two. The fairways are average in size and gets narrow near the landing areas. The rough is light, but golfers will have to deal with bunkers and a lot of water is in play on wayward drives and approaches. If golfers miss wildly off the team and are able to avoid the water and bunkers, they're going to have to deal with dormant grass, which is similar to the rough but less lush and a bit more patchy. Uh, the greens are small, with trouble all over the place. There are island greens, 200-yard carries over water on par threes, and enormously deep bunkers. The greenside bunker on 16 is over 20 feet deep. Um, if you remember a few years ago, Mickelson uh, on Sunday uh, hit it into that bunker on 16, uh, and he had to get it up and down to really keep his chances to win. He couldn't do it. Um, and so he ended up losing and, and not being um, and not being able to catch the leaders on the last couple of holes. Uh, the last three holes on the course are tough, uh, with the with the bunkers on 16, Island Green on 17, it's actually called Alcatraz, uh, and a tough par four with water on 18. Uh, they're going to have to hit their spots, be accurate as possible on their approach shots to succeed at this course. One little gambling tidbit before we move on to Tambo: um, this course has a lot of a lot of um, um, high odds guys winning. Like I think if you take away Rom. The, the last 10 golfers other than Rom, I think only one was under 100 to 1. Um, I think uh, maybe two. Maybe two were under 100 to 1. Everything else was 100 to 1. There's some 400 to 1s. There's some 500 to 1s up in here. The the the, uh, the the way this tournament is played with this type of, you know, no weather, first off, usually. I haven't checked the weather forecast, but, I mean, this is usually, like, you know, pristine conditions all the time. You're going to score... Lots of birdies. These birdie fests tend to attract, bring people closer together, you know, when it comes to skill level. Uh, because all these guys are great. All these guys can make birdies. And we're on a birdie fest type course like this. Everything gets bunched together. And you see those random guys winning these types of events. So just remember that when you're doing your betting card. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers today? So you're saying there's a chance because your boy, Harrison Endicott, 
400 to 1 off the alcohol and came 22nd here last year already. So you're telling me this guy has a legit shot. He's big odds. You just mentioned that. That's what you, well, that's all I'm hearing right now, Kenny, is it's an Endicott week. But no, I, I do think uh, you went over it quite well. Obviously, a different situation here, the course rotation, the three guaranteed days. I will say when we get into it, the three guaranteed days is a bigger factor, right? You're getting a full extra day on courses you can score on. Well, people will say, yeah, but it's not a fourth day. I understand that. That is true. But sometimes you've seen guys on these last days not do anything crazy anyway. There was plenty of guys yesterday who on their fourth day did absolutely nothing, like two birdies, three bogeys, no streaks, no nothing. You do have the extra full day, though, to rack up a streak, eagles, whatever else it might be. So I definitely think it matters, uh, you know, when your lineup construction here. We'll look at it when we get to it, how easy it is to get to. But uh, Stars and Scrubs definitely in play. I think it'll be more common as the week goes on, maybe right now at the start. People not as comfortable with it, but I definitely think it'll be popular. You mentioned the the conditions usually come. Looks like it as of right now. It's earlier in the week, but of course, something to keep an eye on as the week goes on there. Uh, good putters usually have found their way around here. You broke it down even by you know, grass type as well as top 10 and bottom 10. So can't do much more on that. And then just uh, obviously giving yourself opportunities, the different courses that they're on rotations if weather does come into effect could be a thing on Wednesday evening or something but as of right now nothing else that I'm seeing it will become a uh, a bit of a, a game of just you know who everybody else is on and trying to battle against it like we just saw with our Lister League winner sometimes it's not like I always say it's not who you play it's how you play them sometimes that's more you know sometimes that's easier to figure out than who to actually play just by the numbers and the stats and the models and all of that stuff so I really like looking at it from a roster construction especially while we're in the heart of the NFL playoffs here Kenny it's been the same sort of the last couple of weeks I don't know if you know this or not but last week Svensson Putnam guys like that got up to big big numbers in some of these tournaments in King of the Desert I know it's only 150 people Svensson and Putnam were both over 50 percent owned so again people just taking the easiest plays the, the easy way out we're still seeing that happen quite a bit during the swing season or during the uh, the early part of the season, much like the swing season. I mean, but don't you think in like events with only like 150 people entries, it's probably, I mean, it, it, it's sort of like cash, right? So like, say you don't have him, right? Uh, if, if Andrew Putnam went off and won the event and he was 60% owned and you faded him, I mean, you're done. You can't even cash, right? Yeah, but I mean, I I'll mean, fade that all day in golf though. Like even on the, the main slate, we had... Svensson got up to, you know, Svensson was 20, Putnam 15. Like, it's just interesting. Obviously, the higher, like you said, the smaller field made for that. But I'm saying, like, you're still seeing the condensed ownership in these other spots. So, like, when I when I play cash, I mean, I don't mind high ownership. And sometimes I worry that if I don't have the high-owned guy and he goes off, and we've seen some guys do that. I mean, Putnam would still finish yeah, top 10. A little bit different, though. Like, you would call that. So, just the terminology on that. Because you're, like, you're, you're trying to be top 50. You're not trying to win the whole thing. Right. So, yeah, it wasn't top 50%. It was top 50 of 150. So, it's more like a a hybrid because it was 33%. I I mean, I I had a whole rant on that on the first look show today that Degenerate 75 and I recorded. But to your point in cash, you're talking about a blocker. If you know a guy is going to be like 85% or 80% owned in cash, just play him and move on. Turn it into a five tournament because you're not going to gain that much, but you're done if he hits. So, it's like you're not really getting a separation piece there. I'm saying more so in something like this this week. I think we'll still see it spread out at maybe the top with like when there's, you know, Scotty and Xander and Cantlay and Im and all these guys to choose from. I think it's more nowadays, especially when you get down to like seven to 7,900. That was my angle of like, remember, we, we've been saying it. The sevens are the new sixes. It used to be back in the day, the 6K range would have a double digit chalk piece because everyone just knew that you get a value play in, fit whatever else you want, and you're good to go. At tournaments like this lately, what we're seeing is not just popular guys within a range like the Putnam's and the Spence's last sense in 20% last week there was 35 guys in there you could play and I know he came through and got the job done but he also was a product of that made cut line so now he could just go fire a pins he almost missed the cut I was 20% of lineups dead and in the higher stakes even more if it happens I know it's if this then that but that was one point where you're seeing it more in the 7ks and you're also seeing bunched ranges which is what I was talking about there before we're like our Lister League winner three 8k guys Versus most people were using one or less, even though they had ownership a little bit because it gets spread out. That range was not being utilized. Our Lister League winner picked up three guys from that range, which one included Keegan Bradley, another English. Uh, Poston was there somewhere maybe just above in the night. Like it was a really good spot to make a make a change. I think Poston was in the nine case, but either way, you get what I'm saying. So 
Got to keep that in mind when you're looking to. I'm looking more at roster construction than most uh, other things within events like this early on in the season. Well, that's why you're the GDP GOAT, my friend. So everyone listen to Tambo when it comes to that type of stuff. All right, let's get to these tiers. Let's start off in the 10K range. We got my boy, Sung Jizzle, coming off breaking a record, breaking the PGA Tour record, most birdies in a tour event. And we go all the way up to Scotty Chef. What you doing this week? Yeah, it, it looks pretty clean cut to me. I don't know about, uh, I love Sung Jay. I think it's going to be the season of Sung Jay. We talked about it. But with all that said, uh, it looks like everybody's going to chase it. Usually, like if he was, I, I guess, I don't know. We'll see. Hard to say right now because I guess the only thing I say when I, I want to say when I say that is Tom Kim is 9,900. So what I was about to say with Sung Jay is he's not even the best buy pricing. He's 10-1. They didn't make him 9,900, but they made Tom. So maybe Tom pulls from him. But I do think the top is pretty clear cut. Like everyone will think it's Scotty and it's Cantlay. That, that's what I see up top. I'm not sure if you see anything different, but those guys, uh, you mentioned can't lay with the putter. That could be a thing too, but just in general, easy courses, et cetera. I guess Xander, because the third place here last year, but if you rack it up with can't lay with ninth, second, ninth, 26th, you know, it's still, to me, longer and more popular. So I, I think that you could go Scotty, can't lay, and then just wrap it up in that range for those guys. Yeah, I'm playing Scotty, no doubt. Uh, I mean, the guy's, just basically doing what he did last year. That's maybe at some. I, I said this last year. At some point in time, his putter's going to work. It might never work, but he's still going to be in the top five, top ten. That's the way Scotty is. His tee to green is historically good at this moment in time, and I don't see it stopping. So I'm just going to go ahead and use him. I don't care. So give me Scotty. I haven't picked the second guy. I'm going to pick a second guy. If Sungjae, I want to take your your um, thing and maybe look at ownership a little bit more. And um, if, if Sungjae is going to be the highest owned in this, I might fade off him to Canlay or Xander. It's not like those are bad choices to, to get off if you want to get off Sungjae. You, but I'm definitely like going to play Scotty. Xander better, though? Probably Canlay. Okay. Probably Canlay. I know, I, like you said, the, the way he putts here, uh, like you said, he's really good at poetry, be Alice. I'd probably go him over Xander. Yeah. Uh, it's only a $100 difference. Yeah, and Sung- Sungjae, well, at 10-1, like I said, maybe there is a squeeze there because people just decide Tom Kim is their guy or, you know, down below or Cantlay or above. Again, you know, then I'm I'm very interested at that point. If you look at his history here, it's been very solid. It's just all top 12s to 18s. Like, it's not anything big. But that you we you and I both know that's always just one or two putts or whatever it might be, a couple strokes here, a couple strokes there from being in the top five for all those. And it would be a totally different story. So we'll wait and see how it shakes out as the week goes on. But I, I would have it Scotty. Cantlay, probably Sungjae, even though I think Xander would rate out better, but I just like Cantlay better than Xander, so that's kind of how I would see it up top. All right, 9K range, my favorite play, Justin Thomas. Uh, I'm rocking the, the Ralph Lauren gear. Rest in peace for his Ralph Lauren stuff. Uh, I that. JT. <laughs> but um, I'm betting him 22 to 1. He's probably going to be my highest own um, at that price. Uh, it looks like he found his game uh, at the end of the fall. Really good at the RSM Classic. He didn't have to play. He went out there and did his thing. He's been grinding. You know he's been working. He can't have. He doesn't want the season he had last year. And it looks like he's playing himself out of it. I like Justin Thomas. My favorite GPB play. Um, in the board. Betting him 22 to 1. Cash. I'm going to go with Sam Burns. I'm doing a little bit different this week. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to condense guys. You know, guys who I think you can make a lot of birdies on this specific type of course. Uh, not too worried about a cut, uh, you know what I'm saying? Just because, I mean, I want them to make the cut, but I'm not exceptionally worried. He's got to be able to putt well and make a ton of birdies. And so I'm going to go with Sam Burns. Really good course history here. He putts well. He makes a ton of birdies. That's what I'm going for, for him. Uh, he had a pretty decent uh, end of the season last year. Uh, you know, a bunch of top 20s, done a bunch of top 15s. I'll go ahead, start with my first cascade cornerstone. Sam Burns. Uh, next Cascade Cornerstone, going to be JT Poston at $9,100. Uh, again, last week played exceptionally well. Uh, you know, sneaky good on um, on 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 the uh, putter. Really good birdie or better percentage. Uh, really good on shorter par fours. Like, I think all the more than half of all the par fours are going to be between 350 and 450 yards. Um, in this event, you know, he's like top 10. From 350 to 400, he's playing back-to-back top sixes, and he's only $9,100. I'm going to use him in cash. I'm not going to overthink this. Just go ahead and give me that in cash. And shit, I'll go back to Chris Kirk 
at nine thousand. The guy's just playing excellent golf. Um, you know, it's a year of the uh, year of the former alcoholics. So you just keep on going hard with that. Uh, and he's played this. I think if I remember, I'm not quite sure about his course history here, but I'm not even worried about that. The guy is playing exceptional golf. I'll keep rostering him. Uh, th- so I like him a lot in GPPs. Tampa. Yeah, third, third and 16th, the two of the last three years for Kirk, and then obviously coming in off the win in the 18th place last week. He just really it was just a bad Sunday. That's like the example earlier that I gave with Sungjae. That's kind of so interesting when you see it, when now you can realize it versus just numbers on paper. You see it from last week. Look at the week last week. Chris Kirk was dialed in for those first three days. It was just a bad Sunday, and now it shows up as an 18th on paper. But he was right in the mix. His stats looked good. I remember you know thinking of uh, playing him in rap. I was using him in round four, even at a ridiculous price of 10-2. In that session. So, you know, I, I see stuff like that. It just makes me wonder uh, if people go off of him here because we've got Eric Cole coming up in this next range and Siwoo and other stuff. But, yeah, I, I like your Kirk call. I mean, he was first in strokes gain approach and first in strokes gain ball striking last week. Yeah. So he, he's still dialed in. That's I mean, you're riding the wave still. So I definitely got no problem with that. One you didn't mention, Min Woo Lee, he was grinding all swing season and all off season, whatever you want to call it, like six. First, third, 15, he won a tournament. Like everything has been going his way. And 9,500, I don't think anyone really wants to get to him too much here, at least on early look. I like your Justin Thomas call. I don't know if I'm as high on Tom Kim as everybody else, like starting the day. Bet him at 28 to 1 or whatever. Everyone was interested in that. I kind of liked hopping on there. That number was decent, but I'm not sure as much for um, for here when there's all these other options. I do think like Jason Day, Burns, Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler, a lot of these guys are going to go overlooked. So we'll see where ownership shakes out as the end. I've of the week. seen a lot of day love today. Uh, I don't know where it's from. He hasn't really played this course very well. Um, I'm trying to look at. Did he play last week? I don't remember. He didn't play last week, right? At tenth. No, oh, not last week. The week before, though. Yeah, the century. Yeah. So I don't know. I I seen. I I think Bamford bet him, which you know makes me scared of fading him. But I don't know. I, I just don't feel it right now. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't seeing it either. So I'm. I'm with you on a lot of the same guys. Would add Minwoo Lee. As just another guy you could take a flyer on in tournaments. I like your Kirk call. We'll see if people actually go there. But the next range in this AK range, it's a smaller range, I feel like. It's only 10 guys. And it includes Berger making his return at AK. So I'll let you take over. But I mean, Berger's in there. And then Wyndham Clark, uh, it's almost confirmed now. It came out. Obviously, he was rumored to live for quite a while. But it looks like Wyndham Clark is going to be joining John Rahm's team over there. So that's interesting. But uh, Eric Cole, like you said. I think if you win a major... You should probably just go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you win a major, you should probably get a live. And you might be coming back soon anyway. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, if, if you win a major, you, I mean, Brian Harmon, I don't know if they want him. But, like, if you win a major and you're just like a, like a middle-class player, really good but sort of in the middle like like Wyndham Clark is, I, I'd bounce. Give me, like, the 50 million, whatever, that they're going to give me. I'll play and live for a couple of years until the – forces joined back together and I can go back on the PGA tour with no problem. And I get to play all the majors for the next five years. Right. Isn't how it works for the U S open. Don't you get, don't you get to play every major for the next five years? Yeah, He's set and up you, already. That's why I'm yeah. assuming he literally just told his agent or whoever it is, call them back up and tell them now I'm interested. I'm Let's in. Go. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, uh, John didn't get that much flack. You know, everyone's calling John smart for going. I mean, fuck it. Now's the time to go bounce. Get that money and then come back later with the bag. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then do your thing for the rest of your career. You ain't got to worry. Like, I, that's what I would do. But, anyways, um, I like, again, I'm going to Eric Cole, third cash game cornerstone. Again, putts his ass off, makes shit on the birdies. I think he's like second in putting, or third in putting in the field of first in birdies. I'm going to roster Eric Cole every single week. Every week he plays in cash. He's just a permanent cash lineup, Eric Cole. Until he misses the cut. And we're going to see how long it rides. We'll see. If, if I'm still rostering him in like April, May, he's having a pretty fucking good season. Is what I'll say. Uh, because I'm going to keep rostering him until till he folds. Um, I, I like this range, man. There's, there's a, I know a lot of guys. My final cash game cornerstone this year. And he might be one of my favorite plays also. Mr. Taylor Montgomery. I know this is sort of his time. Like the fall, early, early, early January. He was... I think second in strokes gain approach last week by Chris Kirk. Like everyone knows him as a putter, like a guy who put his fucking ass off. Um, last week Iron Game strong, strong Iron Game. Um, his putting wasn't great, 
Like I gained point zero six or something like that. Put it uh, last week. I could have even finished a lot higher than he did. He's also the best putter in Poetry Realis in this field. Um, give me, give me, give me Taylor Montgomery. Give me fifty to one. Also, I think he can get his first win uh, at an event like this. So four Cascade Cornerstones this week are going to. They're all bunched together. It's going to be Sam Burns ninety four hundred, JT Poston ninety one hundred. Uh, Eric Cole, 8,800. Taylor Montgomery, 8,100. Leaves you like 14,6, 14,7 to finish out the rest of your lineup. Other guys I like. Um, I like Sewell, former winner here. Again, Tita Green game is great. His putting is the worst, but he's won here. So we know he could ball. Um, and I'll probably go back to Putnam. I mean, it depends. If he, his ownership is really inflated and 8,000 because of his top 10 finish last week, I don't know if I'll go. We'll, we'll see. But like the guy's been playing really good golf. Uh, 8000 seems like a legit price for a guy the way he's playing. I got no problem with that. Uh, who do you like in this range? Yeah, a couple guys the same here. Eric Cole, Siwoo, Pop right off the top. Those are guys for sure. Hadwin, really good uh, setup here. Of course, history. He, yeah, well, it, I mean that, but even like before last week, whatever, last week, whatever, what, one event before, 14th, and then his stuff that he's got here, all the stats set up well. Yeah, I like I mean, him. Uh, I'm fine with just playing him. Some, a lot What's of up with Canadians at Desert Golf? Why are Canadians so good at fucking desert golf when they it, live in the goddamn snow? Because that's where they got to practice half the year. Okay. Right? You can't play you get six months of golf, you got to go down yeah. there to play so you get all the practice in on all these places. So it's like, yeah, makes perfect sense to me. that That's a, a guy you could go to here that maybe gets overlooked by some of the stuff of the what have you done for me lately guys where technically he's coming off a missed cut, but all these other guys you can make a better case for. Um, I don't know what to do with like Cam Davis – Akshay, those guys. But Taylor Montgomery was interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to bring it up too. He had the good putter going in round one, good putter going in round four. He found it again with the ball striking paired up. He had good ball striking three of the four rounds, lost the putter for Friday and Saturday, lost a stroke on Friday, lost two strokes with the putter on Saturday, but he kept the ball striking throughout. And then on Sunday, he put them both together. So I do like that. That tells you how good of a putter he is because he lost three strokes in those two rounds in the middle. And still gained strokes for the week. Yeah, I think it was he gained two and a half on day one. That's why. And then obviously on last day. The guy can put his ass off. I think he can win this week. I, I think like he can win this I, week. Yeah. I like the 50 to 1 number. I'm I'm going with them. I think he, I think this guy gets his first win. Yeah, I think Putnam will pick up steam as the week goes on too. I'll have to see how that one works. But mostly those guys up above, Cole, Siwoo, Hadwin, Montgomery with you. And then are you going to do anything with Berger or are you going to just play wait and see? No. Nah. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to wait, play wait and see after what happened to Willie Z last week. It's sort of going to be like a recency bias thing. Now, this could be the time to actually go ahead and roster a little burger if he's going to be 2%, 3%. You think he's going to be that low? Because, you know, people, recency bias is a real thing. And you saw Willie Z last week struggle, couldn't make the cut, finish eight over. Um, and, and the thing about Willie is, like, he's played a couple of events, you know, before the injury. He played Hero. You know, so he's had some work in, and he still yeah. struggles that bad. And you got Berger coming off. Now, he was supposed to play during the fall, uh, but took that time off again. Uh, and now this is going to be his first event in almost a year. I don't He'll know. I'll by now. Do you, think it's a, do you think that risk is worth it? Like, um, like if he's 2 or 3% owned, if you go 10% on his ass. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I will say this. One thing about Willie Z, like the hard thing that people were giving him, I was all for it. I still played some. I posted it on X and showed that he was all, he'd been fine. Like it was whatever. My point about, about that was, because we're going to get to him in a second anyway at 7,900. But um, my point now about that, I guess, would be like Burger's situation. Maybe this is a better type of event to come back at, right? Like you're coming back, you get three guaranteed rounds. It's just nonchalant. Just go out. You can score. It's easier. Yeah. Like everything sets up. For that, I know last week is pretty easy too, but I mean more of the setup of you're not worrying about the cut line, all that. I, I just don't think I, I was with the side of Twitter that was not worried about Zalatoris being scared of a cut line. Like if he misses, I it, was worried about Zalatoris because of shooting fucking eighty at the hero. <laughs> like, yeah, he had two bad rounds, two good rounds there. So that's all I was saying. Like I, I'm not against, but his bad round is eighty. Not going to be old. I like, like this one bad shot. round like that. You're donezo. You know. And he's birdie fest. Now, it that's wasn't that. what I would say about what I was just saying is at least yeah. if he popped that 81 in one of the first two rounds, like he had just done with good round, or sorry, bad round, good round, bad round, good round at the hero, he's you can't get away with that with a two two round before the cut. 
with yeah, yeah. with Berger here, he could do, you know, who knows? It's three days that he's getting to play for sure, though, is what we do know. So, yeah, it makes it uh, a little tricky, but maybe for some tournaments you could do it, but not super high up on my list. I was just more curious your takes on that. He has played here in the past, a couple decent finishes, but way different time when he was all over things, good, all that. I, I don't know what he's going to be like this week, so I can't really uh, speak on it too much. All right, let's go into the 10K, uh, the, the 7K race, Tim. Well, go ahead, Doc. Yeah, upper 7K range, some of the same guys that I always play, like Jaeger, Hostler can get off with the putter. We know that. Uh, Pendrith, I talked about him last week, liked him. He came through again. Another Taylor, Taylor Montgomery, Taylor Pendrith, Nick Taylor, all these guys. Uh, we're fine. Keith Mitchell pops here a little bit. I don't mind him. Shank. And then maybe go down from there to Nick Taylor again, but I don't I don't have a, a ton of other guys in this range. That's just the early stuff, the guys I like. I don't know, Zalatoris, are people now going to jump on that he got cheaper, or are they going to stay off because he was bad? What do you think? Probably stay off. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I, can't, I can't trust him. Uh, now, one thing I did, one person I am going to trust this week, I talked a lot of shit about him last week. I'm going to play a little Steven Yeager this week. $7,900 is different, okay? You can finish 15th place. But you know what he did, though? That's solid. That's he good. was 8100 and did 200 And you've never got a top five ever. No. no. How much was he last week? 8100 I don't know. I don't remember. That was the whole point. So you, anyway, back to that. I want to bring this up because you did. Now, 8100 last week, and you talk shit about him when he's 9200 but he wasn't 9200 was my he wasn't point. last week. And he yeah. comes top 20 and gets 18th. Now, he wasn't showing up on any winning lineups. I'm going to say he just did what Steven Yeager does. That's what he does. I'm thinking about using him in cash. 7900 uh, At $7,900. I'm thinking about using him in cash. You're right. The motherfucker makes cuts. Uh, you know, he has his floor looks pretty high, right? And that's sort of what you want in cash, right? You want a high floor. Uh, it's a lot harder to get a high floor golfer in golf and try to pick that because of volatility. But in my opinion, you're right. The dude has a high floor. He makes a lot of cuts. His big thing is, you know, par five scoring is so huge uh, at this event. And he is the best par five scorer in this field in the last 50 rounds. Um, so I I'll go back to him. I'll go back to him. If you want, he could be my fifth cash game corner. So All right. right there. But other guys are doing Aaron Rye. Again. Really good from a short par five, par four distance. From 350 to 450 yards, he is excellent. Um, also, um, really good on the par fives. Again, I like Aaron Ryan a lot uh, this week. Another guy in this 7K range, Davis Thompson, former winner. Did he win last year? Who won? I, I know he's won this event before. No, Maybe Davis Thompson, I think, came second to Rob, right? Oh, it was second. Okay. I know he's played well here. Um, so that's someone to look at. Adam Shank. Uh, I like him at 7,600. Uh, well above average iron player. Um, you know, you look at his uh, his 400 to 450 yards. He's solid, better than average from par fives. Uh, he gets a fair amount of birdies. Good putter. Uh, approach game solid. I like Adam Shake and I like Nate Taylor again. Back, I think Taylor was third in strokes gain approach last week. Uh, at the um, at the Sony, uh, and he also has you know desert golf, the desert golf thing, and the Canadians. He's got that thing going for him. So I like him. What about the bottom 7K range, Tamo? Let's look at him, Nick Taylor again. Yeah, pretty solid weekend, too. Like round two, round three, really dialed in. And then round four, pretty solid across the board. So it wasn't like yeah, we lost I, I, anything I, I, there. So, yeah, he, he's interesting at his price tag as well. He is uh, just 7,500. The bottom, a little bit dicier. Like uh, I don't have a, a lot of standout plays here. I guess that's going to be the case. So basically, I'll tell you this right now. I got to really look into this roster construction because the stars and scrubs, like we talked about off the top, usually it's like, okay, this is your landing zone. I'll tell you what, I don't love this zone. I also don't love the 6Ks. There's like nothing in the 6Ks that I really like this week. So it's going to be tricky to, to see how it goes, but I don't think a balanced build uh, is as solid this week when you are getting three full rounds. So I have to really think about it here. But some of the guys that popped off the board early just going down to this bottom range were uh, Sam Ryder, Austin Eckroat, Ben Griffin, uh, who else down here? There was another guy too. Smalley popped. Chesson well, I like Smalley a lot. How rare is this for Smalley? I like Smalley a lot. To be first and strokes gave T to Green and missed the cut. Yeah, pretty rare. He was first. He was first in strokes gave T to Green last week. Alex Smalley. And he missed the cut. By a lot. Where was he, where was he at on your putter list though? Because I was just going to say, Adley popped up on your putter list. He's 7,100. And showed up. Uh, who, who was... Uh... Smalley lost almost three strokes per round. So this is right. per round. So, 
He lost like six strokes, buddy. In two rounds. Game one, five strokes, tee to green. Okay, I was on your POA list. I was wondering what he what he popped up as. Oh, on the POA list? Did I say his name? No, you said Adley's name. Adley actually pops here, too. He he looks... Well, like Adley is one of the worst. Oh, was he? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I thought he was the opposite. On. You're right. Pro probably bad history. No, no, he's one of the best. One of the best. He's actually been horrible here, but he's been playing really good at these easier courses than the other ones that set up well. That's why I was going to play Justin Suh. Justin Suh is like six on Paul Trivial's putting uh, in this field. What is he, like $7,400? Yeah. You know, again, another guy, if, if you're looking for you know a lot of what I'm looking at this week, par five, he's not great. I'll give him that. But lots of DK points, great putter, and uh, lots of birdies. You know, $7,400, you could do worse. Who else do you, I'm sorry, I, I cut you off. What else do you like in this lower 7K range? No, not many more. That, that's why I flip, flipped it over to you. There wasn't anybody else really besides those guys that I mentioned right now. Yeah, so Smalley, uh, Pavard. He was, he was in the top 10 there last week. Uh, really good um, approach numbers last week, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was top 10, top 12 uh, with his irons. Top 10 with his irons last week. Uh, Sam Ryder played this course pretty well uh, in his past. He had a really, really strong fall. Uh, I'm hoping he hasn't played since the fall, but I'm hoping he has like that momentum coming back uh, for, for this event that he's played decently at uh, in the past. So I do like um I do like him at a seventy two hundred dollars. Um that looks like it's about it. Let's move on to the six K range. So Alejandro Toasty, this guy, I I did not know his game. Like, um, I guess he's been like kicked off, like the 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 suspended from the Corn Ferry tour multiple times, been suspended from multiple yeah. tours many times. Like he talks a lot of shit. Like like if people are like if people are like slow playing in front of him, I remember one story was like he was playing this corn fairy tournament, and um throughout the whole time it was like a, a, a par three, uh the, the group in front had let the other guys hit just to do speed the course up the to, the to fire up the, the the pace of play, and in the final round of this event, um like I guess the guys in front of Toasty didn't do that. And he was just talking and yelling at them from the fucking team. Yeah. Yelling at them from the team box, like talking shit and like kicking his fucking clubs. This guy's this guy is crazy. And I, I want to see more of him play. Because supposedly, like we've seen him a few times. This guy's got talent. Like he's a talented motherfucker. He's got skills. He could be very, very good. But like, you know how people gave like Rom and Hat and shit for like the way they play it. They ain't got nothing on this dude. They got nothing on this dude. Go to Monday Q, uh, the Monday qualifier. Well, I, I forget his Twitter name, but Monday Q, the Twitter guy on X. Read his story on Alejandro Toasty. It's crazy. Like, it, you don't hear, like, golfers do the shit that he does. Like, he just talks mad shit to people all the fucking time. Talks shit to volunteers. Talks shit to, like, like rules officials. Just don't give a fuck. Never seen a golfer like this in my life. Uh, so I'm definitely going to be watching his career as he has his card now and he's on the BGA Tour. He had a hell of a Corn Ferry Tour uh, season last year to get his card. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to roster him, but I'm definitely going to pay attention to this dude and see what sees what happens to him. Uh, other guys I do actually like down here. Tyler Duncan. Uh, again, a, a, a guy who was uh, played decent, a really strong finish in the fall. I think he was what, top five at the RSM Classic. Um, you know, he's and he's made a bunch of cuts here. Like, he's made the cut here a couple of times, like two out of three times. Uh, he's a guy that I'll play. Joel Dahman is a top five in approach again last week. Uh, it looks like you're right. You, I know you told me. I, I said I wasn't going to play him because his game looked like shit. And you you said, no, his game has been looking better. I agree with you now. His game is looking better. I think it's, He lost heavy with that putter on round yeah. four, but the rest yeah. of his game was pretty solid. Looked really good. Uh, so at 6,600, uh, yeah, I'll definitely play him. Uh, Troy Merritt seems to play this course well. Zach Blair, another guy with a solid team to green week last week. Uh, again, you know, going with a little bit of, uh, you know, momentum, trying to get that ball striking going again uh, at a course like this. And, you know, this is the type of course you can see, you know, crazy winners. Uh, you know, Zach Blair could be could be someone to think of. And, of course, you know, you got into, what, 6,300, 6,200, our guy for the week. Our, our 
are rehabbing alcoholic. Bet pick of the week, Harrison Endicott at $6,200. Damn him. Uh, down there by him, Kevin Yu is there. He can make birdies in bunches, three full days at 6,300, I think is interesting. Uh, who else did I have here? Ramey, oh. who you talked about earlier. Neesmith, who I always like. Scott Stallings can show up in places like this. You mentioned Tyler yeah. Duncan. I don't know. Baroff. How much is Stallings? Uh, how much is he? He's 6,700. I don't even see him in the field. I definitely gonna play it. This guy, Jake Knapp, is someone that Baroff keeps selling me on. It it did not come through. He was in the mix for like the first round for a little bit, and that was it. But uh, he's at 6,800. Crazy Carl is 6,900. Will Gordon can make birdies at 6,900. And Vince Whaley can make birdies at 6,900. Those are sort of the guys I was early, just early looks. But like I said, I, I don't, I'm not going to get to all of them. I just think that those are some of the interesting ones that stood out, but don't have any. Like I said, that's the problem for this week that I have to go look at. And I wonder if maybe. Look at them. What do you think of Davis Riley down here? Like, 66. how much is he? 66. You know, he was sort of like a buddy star, DFS darling last year. His game was good. He's gone all the way down to 6,600 this week. What, uh, what are we seeing from him? I was just trying to look him up. Missed the cut last week. Wow, really bad week for him there. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He just hasn't been playing good golf. Yeah, no top 20. Missed cut, 52nd, 45th, missed cut. Last year's of Alspar. Here he no played, finished like 65. Like just has really nothing going in his favor. You'd be betting him maybe. Uh, maybe he's the guy you could bet. Yeah, out of the blue. I mean, maybe he's resting on his laurels. Because he did win the Zurich team event last year and got his card for two and a half years. And since that event, he's sort of been ass. Yeah, that was the uh, was it him and Nick Hardy, or who who was that again? Something like that. Yeah. But like he sort of they sort of been ass since then. But maybe he's just resting on his laurel. He's like, ah, I got my car for two and a half years. I'm gonna chill. Maybe I don't know. I don't yeah, know. it was how it was Nick Hardy. I was right. I was trying. I couldn't remember my other boy. I don't know. I, I just I don't see it here. But maybe uh, I I don't have anybody else though down in this range. All right, uh, let's go to bets. Um, I have Sam. Why don't you go ahead first while I pull mine up? Yeah, I just got two so far again. I got JT, 22, Tom at 28, Tom Kim. And uh, we'll see where I go from there. Any long shots or anything else I have, I'll post over in the Ship Nation Discord. But been, again, last week up the each way on Keegan, it was nice. It's early in the season. We'll take that. But uh, And got the King of the Desert seat through. But really haven't been doing as much with that. I got a lot going on with DFS, with the new company, all these things. And then also for one and done, uh, I switched from Siwoo Kim to Eric Cole. Last week is what I ended up going with. And Eric Cole got like a T13. So, again, probably wasted his win. Or maybe he falls off the map now. Who knows? And I took the last one from him. But uh, he did better than Siwoo. So I'll take that. This week I might go Sungjae and just hope it's, you know, the normal top 20 for him. And maybe a little bit more this time around. Maybe maybe that's where I go. All right. So I got JT at 22 to 1. I got Poston at 33 to 1. Um, I got... Montgomery at 50 to 1. Putnam, 60 to 1. Sam Ryder, 150 to 1. Harrison Endicott, 400 to 1. Uh, all with five places, except for JT. JT is just uh, outright. Everything else is uh, five places. My one of is probably going to be Taylor Montgomery. Uh, I'm really, really high on it this week. If I change my mind, it might be Justin Thomas. All right. Anything else, Tambo? Nope. I think that's it. All right. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Uh, you can also find my article on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership to Gups Corner. Also, remember to go ahead and leave your winning pick down in the comments of the YouTube section to have a chance uh, at our four-man and our tournament of champions in 2025. Tambo. Yeah, again, all those uh, that won, reach out to me on X at ToeTag and Tambo, the tidbits are now up. They started last week, got them out there, I think, 150K views or something. So I appreciate everyone that did support that thread. Obviously, I want you to help me out if you can repost it out, if you can like it, and then comment. Let me know your favorite tip it is. If you have somebody else out there that you follow their article weekly that it's free, that I can go and pull from and look at it. I have trying to bring some new people into it this season. So definitely hit me up if you got anything on that. Those will be posted on X every Wednesday morning at uh, around 8 a.m., 9 a.m. Eastern time. So check that out. And then, of course, ShipItNation.com. Use promo code MAYO to get 10% off. Projections, ownership, the rankings. The CoreSpit rankings have been on fire. Our guy Lee, formerly of Fanshare, is incredible. He hit the Chris Kirk winner 
He's had the course fit rankings just dialed right in. We used those last week to our advantage. Another big week. You can check out Ship It Nation on X as well. Just see, go to the pinned version up there. That post has all the winners from last week, and there's more within the Discord. So check it out over there. Promo code MAYO for 10% off the introductory pricing. All right, should be a fun week. The field looks strong. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. Yo, my hair looks all right like this, X. So I like you. Jordan Belfort